Good morning. Good morning. We are the Fantasy Baseball Advocates. We are here at Hardee's in Noblesville, Indiana. Guys, this is our home. This is where we are. Um, and I'll tell you why we're here, guys. We are here because for a very long time I've followed sports and sports radio ever since I was a child. And, uh, you know, I've heard people broadcast on AM radio. I've heard people like JMV uh, and others, you know, here in this area and others broadcast uh, from a restaurant. I feel like he was a, always live from Kilroy's. Yeah, yeah, like or, or Chili's or something, you know, yeah. anywhere. Like, uh, you know, it, it, this could be any number of places, um, you know, but also as a child, in Hardee's in Elwood, Indiana was where the old men would come with their sports caps on and drink their coffees and talk about God knows what and definitely sports. Right, yeah, very varsity blues. We talked about this before, like we, we are the old men now that are sitting and, and talking about sports. So, you know, I, in in one way I wanna be like just the anonymous old man sports fan. Oh, but in another way we really want to be. We really want to be broadcasters at this point. And we this also got to keep this young. According to my twelve-year-old uh, daughter, we are middle-aged. We are okay. not old. Well, you okay. know, I've been trying to have a little more. You know, yeah, middle-aged energy. There we're we supposed go. to be working the hardest we've ever worked. Right at this. We stage, are. So that's what we're doing. So that's we're getting we're stuff done. Fun. That's right. We're gonna have fun with it. So here we are. Um, what was gosh. your What was your favorite, like? Hardee's food, I guess, to eat. Or it doesn't even have to be Hardee's. If you had a different, like, go-to fast food well, pleasure. I going to get into up. that. You know, I don't know why I don't come here anymore that much. Like, I, I really, I mean, when I was a kid, it was like the Frisco Burger. You know, when I was like a like a husky 12-year-old, it was the it was the Frisco Burger. Um, that was new. That was, was that, like, that was like a was that new development. Was that Hardee's? It was Hardee's. Oh, okay. It had like the okay. Frisco Melt. Oh, you know, some kind of they've okay. got their Texas toast that they that they put some of their sandwiches on. Bless I'm gonna sneeze. We're we're staring right into the sun. So it's making me sneeze, guys. Um, but you know, I mean, I liked Hardy's breakfast. I mean, but it was like the it was like the Frisco melts and the Monster Burgers. And I that's what that. I was after. You know, it's like I was either gonna eat an entire pizza. Um, remember the Bigfoot pizzas from pizza hut oh this is like you know i was either gonna eat an entire one of those or i was gonna have a you know a monster burger just dripping grease and stuff off of it and uh from from hardy's or something i mean my thing was double decker tacos taco bell oh my god or i mean i could that list i could go on and on about all the different i mean don't even get me started on taco bell (laughs) don't say don't say taco bell unless you really mean it i mean unless you really do dude several several of i haven't eaten anything yet so i'm still i'm kind of thinking about lunch 20 21 years old you're out all night partying drinking gotta get some taco bell some mountain dew to keep you going yeah, it was bad. No I'm, wonder. I don't know how we survived those years, Jay. Well, I mean, I've been a I've been a Taco Bell fan for a very long time, for my entire life. Um, you know, but when you say survive, I mean, truly, um, 
I mean, my arteries are being clogged up as we speak <laughs> from some of the things that I've eaten over the last week. So, um, well, you know, stress has a lot to do with right. Yeah, yeah, is. it's true. I mean, really, I positive. Mean, does it really energy. matter? Just bring it. Just shovel it in. You know, it's just. Does good. it really matter? Sometimes it's just good to have comfort food, Jay. It is. You know, and. The, what what is the real link between the cholesterol in the food that you eat and the and the coronary artery disease? I mean, it's been to to, to go to our nurse role. We're not going to get into that today. No, we don't have but time for that you know, today. we are going to get into. We are here today to talk about catchers. So as you guys know, we talked about this in our last podcast. We're gonna do we're gonna do position rankings for every position over the next few months in the off season. That's how we're gonna spend our off season. And today we're gonna focus on catchers. And Jason has compiled his rankings, twenty five to twenty six catchers. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna look through Jason's rankings. Um, I'm gonna rattle them all off uh, in just a minute. We're gonna go through them in detail. Um, we've got some stats here uh, to look through. And but before we get into that, Jason, I just want to ask you: um, tell us about your thought process going into these rankings. Um, I know we can say again that we are in a deep categories league. That is our background. That's I'm sure part of how you. Um, looked at this. I know you can also look at his rotisserie style. That applies to this too, right? We're we're counting Roto, stats. We're, we're talking about categories, and you know, we. I think you in your stats over here, you have left out doubles. We have doubles in our league, and so that does play in a lot to how I think I look at players, whether that's reflected in these numbers you know we could maybe get into that a little bit um because i think doubles are they can be an important stat if you happen to play total bases or anything like that you're obviously going to be looking for extra base hits so but tell me about your thought process in these rankings sure absolutely so first of all before i get into my thought process i i do want to reiterate i did leave out doubles on this ranking i did that because this is for our listener audience that Mostly don't play with doubles. Sure. We happen to play with doubles from our home league. Yes. I think it's a lot of fun. I also left out hits, but, you know, that's kind of built mm-hmm. into the average and OPS. But here's the thing. So, like, in a player, a player like Luis Reyes in our home league is huge because in, in major, like, category leagues, people just look at him as a batting average standoff. Like, he's amazing, right? But we but do what have else hits does he get? in our We league. have hits and yes. we have doubles. And yes. he had 30 doubles last year. Yeah. He also had over and 200 over hits. 200 hits. So his value is increasingly like ours. But we're not talking about our league specifically. You want to talk about doubles later on? I'm more than happy to. I just wanted to use him as an example. So And another at- thing that I noticed that may not be on here is at-bats. Which I think comes into play when we're talking about catchers. It does. It totally does. I'm so glad you brought that up. Now, any, anyways, Luis Arias is not a catcher. I was just using him as an example of a player that will be valued differently across different formats. So I, I compiled uh, some statistics from last year and the year before. And I basically just looked at their run, home run, RBI, average on base plus slugging percentage and they're stolen bases and uh jay as i think everybody knows most 
most catchers don't run hardly at all. But I, I do think it's um, when you're looking at categories, you know, if you do get a few catchers that are a possible threat to steal 10 bases, that, that's not nothing. So The ones that have in the past, we have to ask now, were, were they even catchers? Exactly. <laughs> one, one of them is a shortstop now. Or Dalton Barsha, <laughs> right, not a catcher right. at all. not a He's catcher anymore. Yeah. Yes. Very good. Yeah, so, okay, Jay, so... When I compile these rankings, this is the way I view catchers. And I know this is egocentric to me, but I think catcher is by far the least talented and worst position in fantasy baseball. However, we all have it. It's like that person we have in our life. Whether you love them or hate them, they're there. So you've got to make the best of it, right? And the contrarian in me wants to make the most of the catcher position always. And I try so hard, maybe too hard sometimes. You have been one of the few in this league. We play in a one-catcher league, and I think most formats do play one-catcher. But I went 26 deep with these ranks because a lot of formats actually do have two catchers they even start. So I tried to come up with enough names that when you dip into two-catcher leagues, hey, you're kind of looking at it. So... Let, let me let me I'm give you a little thing on my looking at some of these names yeah. down on your list. Let, let me explain myself a little bit more simplistic here. Okay, so I my rankings may differ a lot from some of the experts, but it goes like this. Because I don't expect much from catchers. I'm simply looking for one or two things that may they may do well. And to your point, plate appearances volume matters big time. But here's the thing. I want the number one thing I'm looking for in a catcher besides besides plate appearances are they more than just a part-time player is do they have the potential to hit 20 home runs or not there was less than 10 catchers year in and year out that usually reached that threshold I believe if you look in a ranking this year only nine of them actually hit the 20 home run threshold now, that being said, three or four of those nine hit 20 home runs flat. So, really, catcher is a position that once you get about 10 deep, you know, the power starts to thin out. So, if you compare catcher to positions such as outfield or, you know, first base, you know, those positions, they, they may have 20-plus guys out of spot that's going to give you at least 20 home runs, and that's just mediocre power. From the catching position, if you get 20 home runs or more, I'd say you're doing well. So that's the first thing to look for. Second thing I'm looking for is what we alluded to earlier is the volume of their plate appearances. A guy like Salvador Perez has been so valuable for so long because they don't really platoon him. Does he have a backup catcher? Yes. And as he's getting older, he's spending more time at DH and get his belt? Yes. They have other people there now. However... Throughout the majority of his career, like, he handled, like, 90-plus percent of the game behind the plate. Most teams don't operate like that. Most teams, your primary catcher uh, catches between two-thirds and three-fourths of the time, which means you're missing out on sometimes 25 to 30 percent of of a season's plate appearances. That's a lot. So... So that's number two, is the volume of their, how much are they going to play? A lot of guys splitting time. 
Yes. Number three for me isn't steals. It's because in the categories league, I find steals the easiest to punt. Number three for me is, okay, if they're not providing 20 home run potential power, are they at least hitting for an average that's potentially a little bit above the league average? I believe the league average has been going down over the last 10 years across the board because of the uh, swing path that a lot of the hitters have taken. Um, I think now if you get uh, a player who hits 260, it's actually helpful. I wouldn't say it's a plus, but it's helpful and batting average. So if I can get the catcher that's going to hit 260 to 270, then that's a, a, a point in their favor, and I'm going to move them up my ranking. You may not, uh, that's why when we later on get to guys like Kiber Ruiz and Gabriel Moreno, uh, just to name a couple, I don't feel like they're, they've got that home run power, but what they do have is they hit for a good average. And so that's some of my differentiating factors among catcher. Lastly, if you've got a catcher that can steal over 10 bases, that's something. And that's why JT Vilmuta was the standout of the position for so long. Um, he is getting older. I uh, think his role Unsurprisingly, is, is I still think bit, he's yeah. the highest percentage to get the most steals from the catcher position still because catchers, by and large, don't run. But he is declining a little bit. So that... Jay, those are like four of the things I kind of look for when I'm evaluating the catcher. And if all else fails, going to number five, uh, so there's some younger guys higher than some experienced guys on my list. Well, that's because they're, they, they did some stuff on the minor leagues that lead me to believe that we haven't seen their best and they're really young and maybe we've only seen a partial season from them at the major. So I'm projecting them to be something. So... Yeah, yeah, I definitely see a couple names uh, on this list that we have to ask what we expect from them in, in 2024 uh, in terms of plate appearances and, and other things as well. Okay, so let's let's go through let's go through the list briefly. Um, I don't even know if I'm gonna stop. I don't, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna question you too much in the outset. We'll just go through them, and then we're gonna go through one by one, right? And just kind of, Jay, any little nitpicking thing you can come up with, I encourage you to do so because the, I'll be honest, this was not an easy process. While sure. it was fun, I'll tell you, once I got to about eleven to fifteen. Like, you could make an argument that the guys I've got down in the 23, 24, 25 range could be 11, 12, 13. It would be really hard for me to separate these guys in the rankings. So, please, by all means, nitpick at me. I'll try to explain myself and then challenge me. You know, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you'll change my thought and I'll say, you know what? You're right. Let me move this guy up my rankings a little bit. All right. Let's go through. Let's go through rapid fire here. Number one, Adley Rushman. Number two, Will Smith. Next is William Contreras. J.T. Real Mateau. Number five, Salvador Perez. Six, Cal Raleigh. Next is Sean Murphy. Number eight, Wilson Contreras. Number nine, Franny Alvarez from the Mets. 
Number 10, Jonah Heim. Let's, let's take a break there. Okay, so that's a lot to digest. There's 10 catchers right there. That's my initial top 10. Um, that was even hard for me to rank. Some of those guys... that is a good stopping point. I mean, is there anybody below here that you are feeling a little... That you feel is left out of the top 10? Oh, absolutely. That, that could push their way up there. Absolutely. Who might, who might those people well, be? Before I say who might those people, people be, there are obviously guys I'm higher on. I'm going to preface it by saying this. I'm not going to be the guy that owns one of those top 10 catchers. I will not. My catcher will come from farther down on the right hand because catcher is one position I will wait on. And I will take whatever's left because I've looked at these guys and it's kind of a crapshoot. And so I know, you know, if I pick one or two to start the year off, I can easily just drop and go to the next one. Um... Now, as far as answering your question goes, I, I would also have to say, like, I'm very insecure about ranking Jonah Heim 10. I wanted to put him much lower, but he did just put up 95 RBIs. Yes, he did. And, and he almost got to 20 on He was 18. However, I think we're looking at a peak season. He also found himself in the designated hitter role many, many times. Well, that's in the, during the regular season. But right. here, here's my insecurity. If you look at his 2022 statistics, Jonah Heim put up a 227 average with a 697 OPS. He only had 48 RBIs. Okay. Turning the page to this season, he puts up a 258 average with a 755 OPS, 18 home runs, and he puts up 95 RBIs. That's a drastic difference. And I ask myself, how attributable is that difference, in, especially in RBI and average, to the team context that he was playing on? And is this repeatable, or are we going to see some regression? And if we see some regression, how much? Certainly I think putting we are in... looking at a peak season. I don't think that you're going to see this from him year and year. Could I be wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Will I be wrong on some of these? Oh, for sure. But so we're I'm talking about him hitting probably. I think around in the sixth spot in the in the batting order is where he found himself probably many times, maybe fifth. Um, as he, I mean, he went on a monster tear for part of last season, and during that time, he may have been hitting third or fourth some of those games. I mean, he was on fire. So, but I do, I I do see your point. Um, that's gonna. That's a. That's quite a uh, mark to try to, to match again. Is in the 90s with with RBIs, but but you'd have to look at the makeup of the of the roster next year. Who is gonna be DH in next year? For well, it's Mitch Garver coming back. He was the guy. We'll talk about him later. That I had the hardest time. Right. He was also DHing in time. So he was there you've got two most guys that can swing According the bat. According to roster resource, uh, no, not roster fan graphs. Mitch Garver. I looked it up. He only actually caught 28 games to be on the plate. Right. That's he what spent I was the line just share getting ready to say. DH. Is, do we really even look at him as, I mean, yes, we do. We do because look at he's him eligible. As, as a catcher because he's eligible. Because, because he was over 20 games to be on the plate, he's going to be eligible. But catcher if, all if he finds himself in that DH role, Question does is, that cut into Jonah Hines? He's a free agent. Time? So where yeah. is he going? 
but yeah. we'll talk about Mitch Garner in a minute. You asked me, is there anybody I feel as after we've talked about, about this? I'm saying somewhere in. else. He's probably going somewhere else in the off season. Yes. So what's going to get torn down after this World Series win? Who's going to come back? So okay, so look at these rankings. There's some guys that sure I could put up in the top ten, and I would take out Jonah Hyde. I also might entertain taking out Wilson Contreras mm-hmm, because I've mm-hmm. seen, I think we've seen his peak season. However, I feel like he is such a steady Eddie that I'm leaving him at number eight. So I, you obviously have a lot of upside and a lot of hope for Francisco Alvarez. You didn't even consider dropping him. You said Jonah Heim. I tried really hard to elevate Francisco Alvarez farther up the nine as opposed to dropping him. You look at the landscape, there is nobody, and I mean nobody, not even Rushman, that has the power potential that has Francisco Alvarez. But Francisco Alvarez is the only catcher. If you look at his battle ball profile, it's telling. Yeah, pole hitter. I'm looking at the spray chart right now. So, um... Let's look at the fly balls versus, uh... I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, a lot of fly thing, balls in the, the outfield. The thing with him is, if he gets a hold of it and barrels it up, it's gone. He's the only guy on this list that I foresee that would have the poten- potential to hit over 40 home runs. And you can see it in the batting average. There is a potential to hit the ball the other way as yeah. well. Look at all the fly balls that he hit. I think he's right always going to hit for a low batting average, but I think he can even bring that up a little bit. I he think hit so too. 25 I long balls. So. And let's see. What when did you he say that take that 260 mark, I, I really believe that he can he can meet that. He's got to develop, obviously, at the major league level. So, Jay. He hit 25 bombs with a 209 average. Wow. I don't foresee him ever being able to be a 260 hitter, but can he be a 225 to 230 hitter? Sure. You know what Salvador Perez mostly is? If you throw out his amazing 2021 season, he usually hits about 225, 230, or somewhere in there. And I think he'll be a year in and year out. 30 home run bat if he can reach just 225. Um, so that being said, I think the one guy that I I could foresee flipping right now, we'll talk about him at 11 through 15 more, is Yiner Diaz. Okay. Um, it, I just don't have enough of a sample size right now to say, yes, yes, I see him as a top 10 bat. I know he's a hot commodity. I'm probably not going to end up with him in any of my leads because I think his price is going to skyrocket. But I, I, that would be the one. If I had to make the switch now, that would be the one. Yeah, I think when, when you talk about paying for catchers, I think when, when I look at this list and the heart of this list, I do see um, the, the valuing of young upside and um, the development of some of these young players. So, okay, so let's start right at the top here. Number one, Adley Rushman. Can you tell me why he's at the yeah, top of your absolutely. list a little bit? Tell me a this little bit about that. This guy has the biggest prospect pedigree of any of them. And he's delivered somewhere, has he not? 
he is one of the heart and souls of an up-and-coming Baltimore offense that just won 101 games, right? Was it 101 games they won this year? Something I like believe that. it was, oh, but that being said, it was over 100 games. He's young. He's only going to get better. He hit 20 home runs and 80 RBI. That is a benchmark that not a lot of people can hit. And also, he scored 84 runs. I mean, this guy's legit. He's hitting the benchmark on what you would consider a player that you would be willing to spend an early round draft pick on. I'm not yes, saying he's like a you. first or second rounder. He's not. But in a redraft league, could I see myself spending a third or a fourth round pick on him? Absolutely. Because he's a different picker. He's got, he's got potential five-category tools. Yeah. No other catcher on this list is I I mean I can find words. JT Real Muto used to be this, but he's getting older. Yeah. I think he's declining. Yeah. I but there's no there's no other catcher on this list that I think is going to be a five category like a plus in all five categories. Mm-hmm. If you look at runs over eighty, he hit twenty home runs, he hit eighty RBI, he hit He's a plus in bad average, 277 average. He even OPS hit over, over 800. 800. An OPS over 800 for a catcher is awesome. Yes. So that's why I rank him one. Because I see what he's doing now, and we still haven't seen his peak season. He's yeah. young. We may yeah. not see his peak season for a couple of years. And I think it's going to last for a good four or five years. You know, when I say five category, I'm sorry. He's not he's not a steals guy, so maybe it's four categories, but you know, for those of us who play in OPS leagues, might as well be five categories. And who knows? He is young. Maybe he steals like five five or six bases this coming year or two. He's yeah, young I mean, enough to be able to do that. He's you know, talk about heart and soul. I mean he's um, where was he hitting in that lineup for most of this of, of the season? Right. In the three hole. That's unbelievable. Uh, for a catcher, and it, it said, you know, we're going to get plenty of at bats. We're going to be hitting in the in the middle of that lineup, or in the maybe even in the you know top of that lineup. Um, and yeah, maybe he does steal a few bases if he's on base when the when the later part of their lineup is up. But God, it's so good. They're 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 there's so many good hitters in their lineup. I mean, who's behind him? I oh. mean, oh my God! I you know you Ryan can, Mountcastle, uh, you know couldn't Jay, break the I, top of their lineup, and he won't. He, and he I think he's on the won't. out. Look yeah. at their farm system. You got Heston Kiersad just came up. You got Kobe Mayo coming up the pipe. You think Colton Kowser was the goat that you saw this past summer? I mean, the bad goat. No, he wasn't. Look at Mike Trout's average in 2011. It was like. Very low. He got sent back down to the minor. He came up and he was a monster. Am I saying Colton Cowles are going to do that? No. I'm just saying there's so much talent. I haven't even said Jackson Holiday's name. There's so much talent. They're going to have to trade him. But anyway, that's just Rushman. And he's going to be the person, the poster boy for that offense for years to come. But if you, just to quickly look down some of these others, we don't spend so much time on the top five, top ten. Will Smith, he plays for the Dodgers. He he hit 76 RBIs. He's a plus in batting average. He, he, um, he hit 261 this year and 260 last year, okay? That's helpful. He hit uh, 808 OPS last year, 797 this year. 
Uh, he hit 76 RBIs this year, 87 last year. This year, he didn't quite make 20 home runs. He had 19, but he had 24 last year. If you put his averages together, he's 20 home runs. Uh, maybe 20. Here's your other 80 run, 20 home run, 80 RBI, 270 hitter. For a catcher, that's great. And he plays for the Dodgers. Great lineup. Like, he's soft. Yeah, I think in you some ways... You can't go wrong with him. I, I think in some ways he's... And this is not taking anything away from him. He's just a little bit older. A little bit uh, lesser version, let's say, of Adley Rushman. I think that Will Smith used to be... Could have been number one on the list. Yeah, he, but I can't... In the past so, seasons. But I cannot argue with this. I mean, I, I think right now you've got the top two... Um, I, I agree with you. About um, a lot you of people want to move William Contreras all the way up the list because of volume. He had the most plate appearances uh, at the catcher position this past year, and I don't doubt that that's an advantage. However, I think a lot of his stats are going to kind of plateau, and that's good. I think he'll be a top five catcher for the next couple of years. But I just couldn't push him up to number one because I just don't think he's as talented as Rushman and Will Smith. Now, Will Muto, I've got at four, and he's still doing, like, his thing. But if you look at his numbers, they've been on the decline, like, the last three years. Like, for example, the last couple of years, uh, he, 75 runs last year, 70 runs this year, 22 runs last year, 20 home runs this year, 84 RBIs last year, 63 this year. 276 average last year, 252 this year. Are you seeing the trend here? 820 OPS last year, 762 OPS this year. And the biggest one, 21 steals last year, 16 this year. He's just getting older. He's still producing. Those stats are really good. He's a top five catcher, but he's on the decline. Yeah, and I always, I, I feel like I always like to bring real life to bear in these situations. Like, I feel like part of what you see is that he is a very important player for this team. I mean, obviously, right? He's a key part of this team. But his, you know, playing over a long season, he, you're a catcher. He, you know, he's going to get periods of rest. And I feel like that's what we see as well. We just see that that resting and that management coming into play, you know. And so... I don't you don't like that for their value as a as a fantasy player and I've I've shied away from him uh, definitely this season I you know shied away from him for for reasons like that so but no no argument there I still think he's up near the top of the list Jay we talked about Salvador Perez yeah, a little bit let's um, talk about Cal Raleigh a little bit I know in the past you've loved loved yourself some Cal Raleigh uh, this this I'm going to give you a question on this because you've been a Cal Raleigh owner. I list him as six. Technically, because my what's the first thing I said I'm looking for to catch a catcher with 20 home runs potential, right? Cal Raleigh last year, he hit 30 home runs. Oh, my God, dude. He hit 27 home runs a year before. He, so he here, here's the thing. What's more valuable from a position that I personally think is the weakest position, period, Nobody. What's the batting Aside average from for? Th- oh, that, that's the other thing. He hit 30 home runs and he hit 232. Okay, what did I tell you about Francisco Alvarez? If he can get his average to 225, 230, I think he'll hit 40 home runs. Right. He hit 25 with the 209 average. Kyle Raleigh 
hit 30 home runs with a 232 average. I think Francisco <laughs> Alvarez and Cal Raleigh are the best power hitting catchers in the game. I think Cal Raleigh, Cal Raleigh is certainly one of them. Um, having watched him a lot this season, I mean, I drafted Cal Raleigh this season in our league, and overall, I had to, I really had to be patient and wait for him to uh, provide the value that I was looking for with him. I mean, I, I had to wait months, but when that time came, when summer came, he he was one of the best players on my team. And it, it was absolutely worth the wait. It was more than worth the wait. And again, we're talking about a guy who found himself in the heart of that lineup and in the what designated hitter spot. He's hitting in a he, great lineup. He was playing every day. He was DHing when he was not catching. I mean, he was so good. And that's what um, you want. That's a cheat that's, code in that's fantasy. That's exactly what you that's want. Why that's why I right. am really high he, is a, get he to was a, a cheat code. But as I said, I had to wait through. You know, April, May, June to to see that value. Um, I'm so glad I didn't trade him. I'm so glad I waited because um, he was one now, of the reasons that I even won the division and made the playoffs. I think so, some people might argue I've got Salvador Perez ranked too high. You show me the season when he doesn't hit 20 home runs and 80 RBI finally, and we'll talk about his decline. He looks slow in the field. He's getting he older. He's in his mid-30s. But, Jake, if you look at his number, he's still put up 23 home runs and 80 RBIs with a 255 average. What did he do last year? 23 home runs, 76 RBIs with a 254 average. He's the same guy that he's been the last couple of years. And like, I think Until it- I see his decline, I'm he's a top five catcher. Like, he is what we hope some of these younger guys, like we just talked about, Francisco Alvarez and Kyle Riley, he's what we hope they become. Yeah. And I think, again, to bring real life to bear, uh, obviously he dealt with injuries last year. But you, you're looking at the team that he plays for, and they, they the Royals showed um, they had a lot of young, you know, they were young and energetic, and people in the you know later part of the season – and young guys that were getting an opportunity to play were really producing, and, and it was it was like fun to watch. It's fun to watch them, you know, score runs and, and everything against you know good teams and, and try to compete with good teams. So my question is, what are they putting out on the field next year? What does their roster look like? Are they competing? Because we know that I think the Cleveland Indians. We're going to talk about Bo Naylor in, in a minute. The, the Cleveland Indians are going to be competing for that division next year. They're going to be good. I mean, for their division, they're going to be good. Can can the Royals make some noise next year? Can they can they string together something? Can they can they not be playing from behind after the first half of the season? Jay, you know what stands out to me and everything you just said, as I'm thinking about Salvador Perez and the Royals, they've been really bad for a really long time. Of course, they had a couple right. when peak do years we start, in 2014, When do we start ascending back to well, competing? Here, this is what I'm talking about, though. Despite the Royals, they've had some, don't get me wrong, there's some good players on Absolutely. that Absolutely. I don't want to take anything but away from... Bobby Witt or... Yeah. Well, right. But, I mean, right. We should be yeah. we should be getting close Possibly to... Possibly Benny Pasquantino this year coming back right. from the injury. But here's the thing. Despite their terrible records of the last like five years... 
Perez. What's been the most consistent thing about that team? Salvador, Salvador Perez. Perez. Despite Whit Merrifield, despite that, no longer yes, yes, yes. But who Salvador looked like Perez a, looked like an all star every year in Kansas Look, City. I love Whit Merrifield. Just <laughs> I do too. I do He's too. still useful. He really is. But we're talking about catchers today, and Salvador Perez has been the most consistent thing to the catcher position. We are talking about catchers, but oh my God! Now that we're talking about this, you know that was. One of the things about last this last season in fantasy was how low everyone was on Whit Merrifield versus his counterpart in Toronto, and I I couldn't believe it personally. Like I I look at the Yahoo chat and just like everyone who is talking about what's uh, what I is tried even not his to get name? The chat. I can't even, they, they can't even so many. I can't even think of the guy's name. That's how. That's where we are right now with. What, what is his name? What do you... Well, anyway, while you allude to that, is there any... I asked you, before you move on from the top ten, is there anything that you strongly disagree with me on? Any any points you want to make? I know I'm off on a tangent here. Jay, can I... Espinal. Santiago Espinal. I, I watched, like, thousands of people tell me that Espinal was a better player than Whit Merrifield. Maybe a better real-life player if you include his defense. He's not a better hitter. Well, I definitely understand that. I mean, you need that in the in the middle of the infield, but God. Okay, anyways. You so, mean the top five or the top, top ten? ten? Top ten. Is there anybody... Uh, again, seven, eight, nine, ten is Sean Murphy, Wilson Contreras, Francisco Alvarez, Jonah. Uh, Sean Murphy, a little blurb about him. He's kind of a wild card. I could see him being the number one catcher, and I could see him being the number 20 catcher. It just depends on what he chooses to do. Taylor two half, but he plays in the most electric offense in baseball. And despite a horrible second half, he still hit 21 home runs with an OPS over 800. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see what the next year has to come. He's a wild card. But in the top 10, is there anything you disagree like minor it's, major. It's, well, it's it's hard for me because we're talking about <clears throat> we're looking at the results of the 2023 season and 2022 and, and 2022. Right, you've got both of their stats up here for us to to view. So Jonah Heim, after the season I just saw, and again, if let's say Mitch Garver doesn't come back, I think you're you're looking at Jonah Heim is going to get a lot of at bats. I mean, we're talking about maybe 500 at bats. From a catcher, so my tendency would be to bring him up, probably to shade Wilson Contreras a little bit. Um, I think that he's a solid player. I think that you know the the this season obviously for the Cardinals was was disappointing, but um, I think his role going forward is um, for the Wilson team. Contreras. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I think that you know that role going forward that we're in real life is we're a clubhouse presence. We're oh, a catcher. He, he's not much of a clubhouse presence. Well, sure, okay. So, right. So, yeah. where, what are we looking Jay's for? Jay's stroking his beard here. He's like, "You're making my point, for Jason." No, I, to- I totally. I what what you're saying is totally valid. That that it. I guess what I'm talking about is like being the catcher and calling the games that means a lot obviously to the team but as you're saying beyond that i think that he 
has left something to be desired from the St. Louis Cardinals, and I think they are, might be uh, regretting their big contract a little bit. Yeah, so, it is. It's, I, that's an interesting point. So how and, much and of their fallout this his year role was diminish? Like, him mismanaging uh, sequencing with the pitchers, like. You know, I think it you... makes a difference for, for fantasy, obviously, in, in our playing time. So I would have a tendency to shade him. I would probably move Jonah Heim up above those two guys, um, maybe pro- probably even above Sean Murphy at this point. But, again, we've got to see what our, the rosters look like going into 2024 and, like, what to expect uh, from Texas. Yeah, so but I otherwise, like, I like your I like your rankings okay. here. This is awesome. So through ten, Jay's drinking the Jonah Hive Kool Aid, and I I'm shady. I'm, I'm shady still drunk on what he was able to do for me um, during the heart of the season. All right, well, let's get to eleven through twenty. I'm I'm hoping you got some more uh, more. Uh, Counterpoints against some of my rankings on this next app because they got really hard here. It does get really hard. So eleven, we've got Yair Diaz. Twelve, Gabriel Moreno. Thirteen, Kiebert Ruiz. Fourteen, Mitch Garber. Fifteen, Logan O'Hop. Sixteen, Bo Naylor. Seventeen, MJ Melendez. Eighteen, Shane Langliers. Uh. 19, Austin Wells. 20, Luis Camposano. I'm going to stop there. Now, there's some names that we just didn't mention that I think I would probably have in, in the in the 11 to 20 range. But so as you say, you this is very names, difficult. In your head, those names, they replace who? And then challenge me. So we talked about power a little bit ago. Um... Langliers, there he is. Um, he's at 18 on your list. Um, you know, th- it gets really tough right here. I'm going to be honest with you. Then you got you got Bo Naylor, a couple names higher. higher. Um, Bo Naylor had, I think I looked a little bit ago, about 200 at-bats next year. So what do you, let me ask you this, what do you expect from, from Bo Naylor next year? What are you, what are you looking for there? From Bo Naylor? Are we talking about Bo Naylor or Shane Langliers? Well, both. I mean, I'm interrogating this part of your okay. list. Okay, I like that. I like that. So I'll tell we'll you who with... I think is being left out, oh, but okay. we'll get there. So you asked me, what do I expect from Bo Naylor? I think Bo Naylor is the most fun catcher prospect out there. And he's not a prospect, but I mean, as far as guy that you can get for... You should be able to get for a pretty good price. I do think his price is going to go up at the draft table. I think so, too. Uh, this guy... People are going to okay. be expecting big things. Well, here's the thing. I told you catchers don't run. He did steal five bases. That's not a nothing. Okay? He stole five bases this year. Um, and in limited playing time, he did hit 11 home runs with an 809 OPS. So, we are at the point, Jay. He's down at number 16 for me. 
you're not getting much production from these catchers, period. So you're just looking for something. But you Remember translate that to double the at-bats, or let's say three to 400 at-bats, then maybe he will hit that 20 home I, run I'm threshold. Not, I, I don't want to double everything, because I find you get in trouble when you sure, double sure. projections. Let's be Absolutely. modest here. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm not looking to see how many played appearances at bats he had last year. I don't know what he... I'm not looking at that stat. If I did, I could tell you. But let's let's say I think Bo Naylor could hit 17 or 18 home runs and steal 15 bases. Do I think, am I saying he will do that? No, I'm not saying he will do that. Do he I think that's that. a good possibility? Yes, I did. If somebody was putting money down in Vegas and wanted to make a bet on Bo Naylor, home run to steals, and you put it at like, I mean, I potentially could see him being a 2015 guy. I'm not calling that. But that's what's fun about this process, this exercise. He's young. He's got a chance to grow into uh, his role with the Guardians. Um, they like The other thing is going for him is he's got really good play discipline. And on top of that, he's he is going to be the guy next year. Like, he's going to get the lion's share of time behind the plate. Mm-hmm. He was splitting time um, as he was coming along this year. So I think big things are to come from them now. It's just we, we need to wait until we see a full season sample size before we get too drunk on him. And that's why I have him down here at 16. And our home league is a 16-team league. I would be perfectly happy to have Bo Naylor as my catcher one yeah. come opening day. Yeah. That's yeah, why I, I say I will not be the one that owns one of the catchers in the top ten. I will wait. Yeah, I think the the guys in, that we just mentioned that I could say that, that I would be happy to have them as my catcher one, um, he is definitely one of those guys. Gabriel Moreno is one of those guys. Um, Langoliers. He's on the he's on the borderline. I I owned him a little bit this, There's this last season. There's something holding Langleyers back. There's two things that hold him back. And probably a low well, batting average. I, say, I would yeah. number one. I but. say three things. First of all, he plays in Oakland. Yeah. However, let's negate that. He played in Oakland all this past year, and he hit 22 home runs and 63 RBIs. Okay, so he has the power potential right there. Okay. And it, I think and it was concentrated too. I think there was a two hundred five batting average. So if he could, right. he and just like uh, Francisco Alvarez, if he can get that average up to about two twenty five, right? He's got thirty yeah. home run power. And we're talking about young guys who have, they have the, the uh, potential to to be more consistent. But he, I've got him down at eighteen. I think some people would have him lower. I would be sure. perfectly content having him as my catcher one, but I would want to have a backup plan because my biggest yeah, worry with absolutely. him is who else is on that roster. Yes. It's Tyler Soderstrom. And Tyler Soderstrom isn't in my top 26 ranking because he didn't really do a lot in his rookie year. However, he's got the prospect pedigree, and I would not be shocked if he had a great spring and overtook Langlier for catcher one. Okay, I'm glad you brought up that point of who else is on the roster. And we, we've talked about young, upside, and I think those things come into play with a lot of these names and the ones right after Langleyers on this list. So you've got Austin Wells, Luis Camposano, 
and Henry Davis from the Pirates. We so, haven't talked about that. That's my number 21. R- okay, so he, I'm, I'm bringing that up because um, trying to think of who else is on the Pirates roster, but let's talk about Camposano. The, I feel that finally maybe the waters have parted for Camposano to, to be a big league contributor. We've all been waiting. I think those of us who pay attention um, to prospects in fantasy great baseball, prospect build up. right? We, for years now, so yeah. we've all been waiting for that. Um, can, can you tell me about the stats for him? And, and oh, there are absolutely. none for 2022, but in so 2023, for Luis, what did we get from him? Well, we got we got a small. He he had yeah. a small show in 2022. Yeah. Not really enough to talk about, but um, 2023. Now you got to remember, this was he was a part time player because. He didn't get the lion's share of playing time at catcher. So he was like, he got, he's kind of like got your backup catcher uh, games. And then he got a few games at DH. Yes, yes. So, yeah, um, he put up, let's, the the counting stats are uninspiring because he just didn't have the, the time. But if you look at his uh, average in OPS. I mean, he had 319 with an 847 OPS. Now, am I going to pencil him in that that way and then project him for 200 more plate appearances and come up with this monster? No way. Because what did he do in his limited playing time in 2022? He had a 250 mm-hmm. average with a 593 OPS. So we just don't have enough of a sample size to project who this guy's going to be. However, he's in my top 20. Yes. Because he's got the prospect pedigree, yes. he's young. The as of right now, roster resource has him as catcher one in San Diego. Right. And if San Diego doesn't blow up the ship, which they might not, that's another loaded lineup that he would be a part of. I see no reason why the upside for him isn't somewhere in the ballpark of two seventy with right. 20 home runs and 70 RBI. I was just uh, going to say. Maybe 70 is a little high. Maybe 20 home runs and like 60 to 65 sure, RBI. Sure. Because most likely he's going to be in the bottom part of that lineup. Right? But so, you know that automatically a line like that puts you in to the top 15 if not right. the fringe part of the top 10. And I and I keep saying the bottom, but who, who's at the bottom and in San Diego? A lot of good players. Yes. A lot of solid, yes. consistent yeah, players. Yeah, I mean, look what so. and Kim, Kim did. Oh, my God. You know, you know I was, he was just a I was part-time not player a believer. last year. Was I was just, not no, a I believer either, this year. He and turned himself into a good and, and, uh, But Jake, and, and I'm just you know mentioning people in our league, but other people obviously... Yeah, you know, and people that are that I think are like really good at evaluating talent passed him around this last year, and they obviously knew what he could, what he was capable of doing, and he, he showed it this year. But I agree. And to meet in the middle, are we looking at a two seventy batting average for Luis Camposano? Yeah, I think so. And um, gets- the only other catcher on their roster right now is Brent Sullivan who's four years older, and I think it's just someone to share playing time yeah, with. That's not someone that it's you're... just your journeyman. That exactly. Maybe, good for him. Sure, Maybe absolutely. he should be the backup catcher. We don't catcher. want to take anything away That's from Brent Sullivan today. That's something you want to tell today. your kids. Hey, I played in the <laughs> right, big leagues, exactly. you know? It doesn't matter how. It doesn't We're matter. talking about fantasy, and for yeah, fantasy absolutely. purposes, we don't want the Padres signing anybody else to no, catch her. No, But I'm afraid they might. Mitch Garver's floating out there. 
That could be a hindrance to both he, names. He fits their, if he Mitch fits Garver their mold signs of, with San Diego, then his stock and Camposano's stock don't plummet, but they take a hit because, you know, we for fantasy purposes, we want our catchers getting at least 75% of the playing time, if not more. Yeah, so they had uh, <clears throat> they had other other catchers on their on their roster who have now moved on. So, yeah, I think uh, definitely a, a big time opportunity for him this season. So, so get, what what else can we say about this group here? You you seem to have some contingencies. Why don't you rattle off the rest of my top twenty six and then yeah, because I think and this then is challenge really where... me on some. We can do some one off. This guy or this guy? So This guy or this guy? You know, like... Henry Davis. Um, catcher. Corner outfielder. Well, here's the a thing. La, if you read, if you read or, the Pirates... Or is he like, a, just a corner outfielder if you read in the, the Pirates future? Literature, is that what he will become? He, they're already moving him back behind the plate for the start of 2024. Okay. It's, it's been reported uh, in Pittsburgh. So that's why I, I, I originally had him off the list... Because he did play the lion's share of playing time in right field. Right. And, and he physically, struggled. he was bad. Physically, Don't, you look at him, but he looks like a Dalton Bar show. Looks like someone who may end up there. Just This is just my gut, you know, just my eye test. He's got the prospect pedigree. He's going to at least keep catch eligibility through, yep. through next year. If he doesn't have it in the format next year, he will by the end of the first month because he's going to start at catcher for them. They've already said it. And then that being said, he'll have it for at least a couple of years. Maybe in three, four years, are we talking about him being somebody like a, not like adult burst, but somebody who moves off catcher long term? Sure, possibly. But at least for the next couple of years purposes, he's going to have catcher eligibility. I think let's wait and see what materializes from his prospect pedigree to the field. Right. And, and fantasy-wise, it only helps his value, I think, for 2024. It only helps the yeah. value. So, agree. Um, okay. 22. Elias Diaz. The spike um, gets kind of fun. It does. Um, and then you've got Tyler Stevenson. Okay, so stop there. 23. Yes. yes. Hit we've, me, Jay. We've, Rip me. This is, this, is where, this is where we really... Uh, part ways and we've talked about Tyler Stevenson before and I, and I feel that and, but you know, this is hard because I see all the guys you've got above him on this list and I do understand why um, we've talked about young upside we've talked about but but on the upside tip I mean when you're talking about Tyler Stevenson you're talking about a guy who's got a potential to hit 300 he's got a potential to play he's gonna play almost every day at either first base or the catcher position or DHing. Um, so I have to think that maybe you haven't totally factored all this in when you're Jay, putting him at I've 23 on your... in. I have factored it in let's, more so. I was look ready at the stats. for you to contend. Let's do so. And Before we have we to talk about injuries with him and missed playing time when yeah, we're that, looking at these stats from him. the last two years. That's going to hurt him. However, Broken collarbone in 2022 however, took him out. This is the problem. This dude plays in the most homer-friendly venue in Major League Baseball. This dude had everybody drunk off his his uh, his potential, 
and he delivered one of the biggest duds this past year. And he played. He played most of the year. He Was he injured? Did he have a couple of IELTS then? Yeah, he did. But he played most of the year. And here's the problem. He hit, and, and everyone was drunk off of a small sample size. Because if you look at his 2022, I mean, his 2022... He's right Sorry, there. I was looking at his tab. It's right. 2022, he hit 319 with 854 OPS. People are going, he's doing that. And Cincinnati, a great American small park, this dude's going to hit 25 home runs. This guy's going to be the next catcher one. No. Let's pump the brakes, guys. What's he do for an encore? And a, a full season sample size, mind you, for a catcher. Because catchers don't. If you get 400 plate appearances to catch her, that's a full season sample sure. size. And this dude, what's he do? He puts up a 243 average with a 695 OPS and a very underwhelming 13 home run. Let's, let's compare him to a guy I have about five, five or six spots higher. Shay Langliers. Hitting in the one of the worst ballpark for power in all of MLB, only his two of five, and still hits twenty-two home runs. I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, we are factoring stats into this game, right? Mm-hmm. Tyler Stevenson, uh, could he turn around and prove that there was just something wrong with him all year, and he's more somewhere in the middle of the, what he showed and what he did last year? Possibly, yeah. But I will not be on the Tyler Stevenson train. Well, I have learned over the years to. Uh, I will she's not be up in the drive-through. Oh, she yeah. just forgot her drink. That's okay. Yeah. She's not. I know. She's I not angry. A, she's I happy. I thought we had a picture we drinker, Hardy there for a second. <laughs> I thought we were gonna see a, a an irate person. Yeah, she's happy now that she got her oh, large yeah. drink. Oh yeah, it's. It's kind of early for a large Dr. Pepper, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's only 10.40. It's after 10.30. Oh, it's okay. lunchtime. Yeah. So, yeah. I, okay, you know, so you, to, to you be, get what I'm saying? I, I do get what you're saying. And Why do bring, I rank him behind Elias Diaz? Because Diaz also plays in Coors Field, the second most offensive, best offensive environment to play in. And he hit 7-2 RBIs this year. So did. while he may have only hit 14 home runs, and that may be the top, like... He he spread the ball around and he he produced at the plate. He cashed, he punched those runs in. You know that counts. Um, it does, but, but I, he I is mean, solely you're, you're a catcher. I have to put Stevenson above there. him because of age, because of playing time, because of position eligibility, and other things. But I I do think we, we talked about injuries. I think that. I've learned over the years that when there is something amiss in the statistics, certainly for pitchers, but definitely also for hitters in terms of power, is I do start looking for injuries where underlying. Um, and I, I can't remember his injury history from 2023, but... Jay, there's one more thing I'm leaving out of my argument. So it goes like this. I'm not looking at the number, but I've heard it's had a numerous platform. CBS's own Scott White has said it several times. Tyler Stevenson has middling exit velocities mm. at best. That is important. not good for projecting future power potential. So, if he's hurt, show us. I'm not going to rank you high because of what you just did. 
show me it. Fair put enough. Put up a good season. But I do like and that. We'll put you back close. I do like that 319 batting average, and I'm hoping to see something much more like that in 2024. He should be dirt cheap at the draft table. You should be. If, I hope if so you're because that has not been the case. That has not been the case the last two years. He's been top 200, no question. Um, oh, and picked no, up by no some way. very good teams. I, I wouldn't sniff the top two. Well, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah, no. I agree with you. Yeah, he's gonna. He is his draft stock. I think will probably take a little bit of a hit going in. And I think a lot of people are going to be buying, and rightfully so. Absolutely. This is a good time to buy. Now, let's be on the flip side here. We're all uh, business people playing fantasy baseball, right? Right. And so we all want. You know, a discount. Nobody wants to pay full freight for anything because you want to catch the edge. So, is there a chance? Is there a buying opportunity here with Tyler Stevens? Absolutely. So, if you believe that his stats are indicative of him being hurt and that he's going to thrive when healthy in Great American Small Bar, by all means, invest in him because this is the year to get. Yeah, and I'm not sure that his... I'm not sure that his presence and his like consistent contribution was there for the Reds when they were playing their best baseball. And that's what I want to see. I want to see him in a part of that lineup for the majority of next season and what, what that could mean for his uh, statistics. So I'm going to say the last three names on this list. You got at 24, you've got Ryan Jeffers. At 25, you got Mr. Alejandro Kirk. That hurts. It really hurts. 26, hurt Jan Gomes from the Cubs. It does, and it's really hard. This is really hard. And I think this is where we're going to, you know, um, finish up with these last few names. Is Let's talk a little bit about Alejandro Kirk. And um, obviously a big disappointment fantasy-wise going into um, – finishing up 2023 and as I said in a previous podcast was he the biggest bust of 2023 for fantasy players possibly possibly he was I think he might have been Jay and I just spent a good five minutes kind of bashing Tyler Stevenson's 2023 Alejandro Kirk was even worse and that Blue Jays lineup I know that Reds lineup was very good this past year, but they weren't supposed to be that good. They're all young and playing with house money. Alejandro Kirk, they traded Dalton Barso. He was supposed to be a staple around the sixth hole and a loaded lineup. And I think a lot of people expected big things from him, and he he did not deliver. He disappointed. Nope. I think... This is another name that would be a good buying opportunity. Sure. I'll be very interested to see where he falls in some of my drafts because I wouldn't be opposed to taking a stab at him with my catcher one. I would definitely want to have a backup plan. But, you know, like I told you early on, I'm going to be the guy that waits on catchers. Let's unpack the stats a little bit for Kirk from... uh... 2022 and 2023. What are we looking at here? So in 2022, the dude kind of went beast mode in about half season's workload. He put up 14 homers and 63 RBIs with a 285 average and a 787 OPS. For, I, I believe he only had like 300 plate appearances around there last year. That's really good. 
And that left people expecting great things from him this year. And what's he do to follow that up? And in a full season's work, he hits 250 with a 692 OPS. That's the depressing part. Only eight home runs and 43 RBIs. There are the some. Jays seem to favor Danny Jansen for for his work with pitchers, and and, and, and his hitting took a made a he made big strides in hitting in twenty twenty three. He did. Man, he was hitting well in the second half. But of the he's season. not on my list. He got hurt he's and missed some playing catcher, but he took the playing time away from Kirk. Now he's the better the defensive bat catcher. Well. Yeah, yeah, he his did. bat kept him in the lineup. He really but did. What was the staple there was his work with the pitching staff. Yeah. So, like. We needed Kirk's bat to be better to keep Dane Jansen from stealing playing time. Right. Because we all know Kirk's better suited at DH playing like, kind of like Mitch Garver does, maybe 30 to 40 games behind the plate. And is he? Is he long term? I mean, you're time. I don't know. Compared to like Rowdy I don't like to pick on people's physical stature, okay? But but we're talking about a guy who's like. Five, six, you know, two Like he's I don't know. Two quote CVS Sports Fantasy Baseball. This is not from us, but it was always fun hearing him say that. He's a big beefy baseball boy. Yeah, he is. Right? He's a big beefy boy. And there are some comparisons to Tyler Stevenson, like in terms of the batting average. Like I think what you're really looking for, if nothing else, is a high batting average, a skilled hitter. Look at the spray chart. Look at all these ground balls to the to the left so side that, of the infield. That's in a field. great, Isn't great that? point. Yeah, so, I mean, and look at the. So he hit a lot of he he hit a fair amount of fly balls the outfield. He hit one home run in right field. His other so, ones were all in left field. I mean, what does it teach us? Like, um, the the power just wasn't there. The power wasn't there. He was hitting a lot more ground balls, too. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if something was off with the swing. But when you start pounding that ball into the ground, it, it plummets your average and your OPS on top I of really that. wanted to dig into before we talked, like, what was wrong and what pitchers. Because you think, you know, we're talking about Major League Baseball. And they they obviously probably figured some things out about Alejandro oh, Kirk. And absolutely. I think that's part of what you're seeing here. Maybe it's breaking balls that he was rolling over on constantly. Why do you think Jared Kelnick's not lived up to his eye? The dude right. the has. League. He's still. Jared, there's another buying opportunity for you guys in Deep League because this is what we are. We're a Deep League podcast. I know I sang Kelnick's drum last year and he uh, had a great April and then disappeared. And I know I sang his drum two years ago. I'm going to keep doing it because he's dirt cheap. But Jared Kelnick is a perfect example of somebody who has all-world potential but cannot hit a breaking ball consistently enough to be an effective major league hitter. And it's really, he suffered for it. Yeah. I don't know if that's what I, I don't know if that's what it Kirk. is either. But, but you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been buying on Kelnick before because of his age, but now that he's reached this ripe age, I'm, I'm definitely buying him. Why? Why not? Why not? You know, here's another one. For a the world of potential. Why is somebody like Tyrone Taylor consistently year in and year out being drafted somewhere in the four and five hundred? Free at the dirt table in the deepest of drafts. Why? 
because he's being look passed at it, up by other just, young guys in the yeah, system. Yeah, exactly, and just because they think he's a vanilla player. Right. What's that vanilla player do for you? It's kind of like what Lane Thomas used to do before this breakout year for him. Yeah. He'll hit 15 home runs and steal about 10 to 15 bases every year. And in a categories league, when you're playing in a deep league, he's that's a fine fourth outfielder, you know? Um yeah, so that's it, a good uh, one sorry, to bring up on, right after Kellenic, though. Here, but it's, uh, that's interesting the stuff comparison. we're looking for, you know. God, that guy, Tyrone Taylor, in the in the bottom of your lineup, that's that's a that's a spark. He's streaky. In the, but he is. It but helps. That can make such a huge difference. Um, it didn't work out for the Brewers this year, but when they've got guys like that who they can plug in, that's a big that's a big deal. We'll, um, we'll touch on that more in the outfield. Because there's a lot of people like that. But going back to catcher, I don't know what happened with Curry last year. It really sucked. I was like, ooh, I'm going to have him top 15. I think he's better than this. But the more I kept dissecting it, I could not put him above any of the other guys. Even Ryan Jeffers. Like, do I think Kirk is a better, got better potential with his bat than Jeffers? Absolutely. I think Jeffers just gets the lion's share of playing time in Minnesota, and Minnesota likes him. Mm-hmm. Very similar to why I got Jan Gomes 26. I mean, Jan Gomes in a full season played a pair, not a bad average. He hit for two. Where am I at here? Jan Gomes, who have got ranked 26, he hit. Uh, Sorry, I'm losing my ranks here. There he he is. hit 267 with the 723 OPF. 10 home run? I mean, but that, that that's what you're going to get. There's no much, there's not much potential for more there, which is why you've got to realize what kind of a league am I playing? If you're playing in a two catcher league, some of these guys that we start starting with, with Bo Naylor, yeah. going back, you're looking at. You know, as a solid catcher too. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if and you're Gomes playing became... in a one catcher league, then really you can take your point. You can go late and go early, but at two catcher league, you almost have to get one of those guys on the top ten to twelve, yeah. and then you want another guy in the next sure. ten. And Gomes was that guy last year. He was the one of the best catcher twos, and you could pick him up off the free agent market. But he became like the everyday guy in Chicago or the preferred guy. So he's going to be out there three out of four times if possible, you know, if schedule and and rest and everything permits. He was like, he was their guy. Was. So. And he was uh, very, pretty consistent. So, yeah. Jay, as we kind of wrap this show up, we've talked about a lot of names here, a lot of stats. Anything, anything again you want to throw in there? You want to challenge You know who we didn't talk about in any detail? MJ Melendez. We didn't. Tell me about him. Where, why is he where he is on your list? And well, what do you expect from him in 2024? I feel like his season was very disappointing. However, it wasn't as disappointing as some. The volume of playing time is there because he's kind of a cheat code at catcher. Now, Playing left field I, and he, where yeah, else? Did, I'm going to eat he... crow. I don't know if he even played enough games at catcher to retain catcher ask, I was just getting ready to ask you I, that question. Guys, this may be an omission off the list where it turns into a top 25. If you go to fan graphs, it'll, it'll tell you. I got you. But uh, MJ Melendez got the lion's share of his playing time in left field. And he's... He's one of the few catchers that is not a zero for steals, but I feel like people 
just overdrafted him, thinking he was going to get like 15 steals. Yeah, they were hoping for a lot of yeah. stolen bases. And, and from he just the wasn't a person. I think part of his problem is his average. He's got to get his average up closer to 260 if you want that to happen. I'm just not sure. Uh, unless he changes his swing profile, I don't think that's, that's his game. So he did some production. 16 home runs, 56 RBIs this year, 18 home runs, 62 RBIs last year. I like year. that home run number. Yeah, those are yeah. solid, but that's because um, he got 500-plus plate appearances. So wow. That, so that being said, you like the body of work, but you see he's kind of capped out unless he does something to change his swing, which he could. He's still young, but again, this may be an omission because... I'm not sure he's going to retain catch eligibility. I should have looked at that beforehand. That's okay. Um, I'm pulling it up right now. However, that being said, if we were doing outfielders, he wouldn't be anywhere close to my top 50 outfielders. So. It appears that MJ Melendez will be eligible at the catcher position how many, next year in Yahoo. So How many games do you play? Well... I should. I probably should have done fan graphs, but you know, for Yahoo, you see the the eligible, oh, um, and I do see okay. a number there because he must have uh, the Yahoo he, format he entered the game at catcher probably many times. Yeah, right. right. Yahoo After format kind of get a cheat or, code if you start five games at one position or play right, ten games right. at one position, you gain that position eligibility. So he entered the game. At least between his entered games and started, he he reached eligibility in Yahoo, which is a format we play in. So for the purposes of this, I did leave him in here. But in other formats, he may be an omission because MJ Melendez will not be catcher eligible in a lot of the other formats. And some of the guys we mentioned, you know, going forward in dynasty leagues and things like that, you He's have to consider enough. where their career is headed. Um, yeah. But he is young, that's true, so... But, you know, is he, uh, we, we talked about uh, guys who aren't even catchers anymore, and Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was another guy that, you know, he's not a catcher anymore, he's a shortstop now, so. Yeah. That guy had a, who kind of wanted a, some stolen remember, bases from. What was the guy that played in the NBA, like, 12, 13 years? Jimmy Lynn, remember him? And well, you know, like you wanted sanity or whatever from, they from did. Kiner Falefa, yeah. you, you wanted he stolen bases. You wanted batting average. I don't think you got either one of those things anymore. So, yeah, that's true. All right, well, Jed, I think that kind of does it. I don't have anything else. But oh, I will say, uh, hint, hint, guys, I would love to rank higher that I just couldn't. Logan O'Hoppy, sure, God, I. I would love to get him at the draft table. I'm just not sure I'm going to be able to afford him. I really think this guy, this draft price is going to go up. He's yeah. one of those guys that I think he's going to be a 20-homer bat year in and year out as long as he's healthy. He was just hurt most of the year. But if you look at yeah. his year, uh, he still hit 14 home runs. And he and almost at 800 OPS in a year where he barely got uh, partial Enough at bats to consider partial playtime. Yeah. You know? Well, in our league, you 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 uh, notice who has their eye on a player, and all the people that I know that that know what they're looking at definitely had their eye on him this last season. So yes, I'm going to be looking at him very closely going into this next season. Um, another guy, steady Eddie <laughs> in the position we didn't talk about is, 
And they're in kind of a little mini tier alone. Gabriel Moreno and Kiber Ruiz. I've got 12 or 13. I view those catchers very similarly. Actually, I think Ruiz has maybe a little bit more power, but not a lot. I think we saw Ruiz's, for what he is this past year, uh, 18 home runs, 67 RBIs, with a 260 average and a 717 OPS. I will take that every single year from a catcher if I knew that's what I was getting when I signed up. And I think Gabriel Moreno's draft price is going to go up because yeah. he, his team went to the World Series, but I don't think that he's a top 10 catcher. Sure. I think he will be a better real life. He is a better real life player than a fantasy player. However, I do think he's very much fantasy viable. I just think he's one of those catchers that's always going to slot somewhere in the top 15, but not quite crack the top 10 because his power upside, unless he does something different and he's young enough, he could. I don't see him being more than a 10 home run a year, 10 to 11 home yeah, run a year. Yeah, I don't think guy. so either, but you're looking for that 300 batting average, right? That's the yeah, magic number. Yeah, it's the average. I don't think it's going to be 300 every year. I think, I think peak Moreno, you're probably looking at. To, to what what you just saw a 284 batting right. average with the 747 OPS, I think he's going to hit somewhere in the 280s, hit 10 home runs, um, hit over 720 OPS, and he's going to be fine. He's going to be very serviceable, especially yeah, for you're deep looking, leagues. You're looking at but a if you're guy. in a shallow league, like a 10 to 12 team league, I don't think he's your guy. He's your guy in a deep league format. Or if you play Absolutely. two catcher leagues, yeah, you could play him catcher one. Like, say, oh, how's that? If you play a two catcher league, you can pair Gabriel Moreno with somebody like a Shea Langoliers. So you get the power of Langoliers right. uh, with Moreno's average to offset Langoliers' average. I mean, something like that would work. Yeah, I think that's a great strategy, I think. Moreno is certainly not going to hurt you at batting average, and that's sometimes that's that's all you need. Certainly in our league, yeah, I don't know. That's all I can say. I, you know, I didn't have a I didn't have a whole lot of big uh, scruples with your list, but this is this is an interesting science, Jay. Because as we do positional breakdowns, this is kind of like our practice podcast, guys. Because well, again, I don't know many people who differ on this, but catcher is one of the least talented positions so it's 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 november 3rd the world series is over congratulations texas rangers on your first world series we probably should have said that they opened the show um however this is so fun jay to be able to talk about fantasy baseball in november and there are some casualties is something that we have to focus on and now we know it only gets better from here first base is deep yeah, First base and, is deep, and that's know, coming up here in a couple of weeks. And speaking of deep, you know, I'm I'm excited about a lot of names on the bottom half of your list. So it, it's getting me excited about draft day next year. Oh, catchers with with yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely like awesome. half over half of these guys on the bottom of this list. I'm actually excited about their potential. So I am too. I think that's where all the buying opportunity so guys, is. absolutely. Um, guys, we're going to be talking again in a couple weeks, like Jason said, about first baseman. Looking forward to that. Deep position. Um, lots of big names to talk about, as well as those deep league guys who could make all the difference in your in your roster. 
Uh, first base is one of those positions where um, some people want that premier guy and they're willing to pay for him. Some guys really uh, want to wait. And I've done both strategies. I, I've done both and I've, I've had success kind of with both. So um, you could go so many different ways with that. You could wait on a guy in the past like Christian Walker and look what he's done for people over the last couple years. He was a he was a big contributor even in 2022. Not not mentioning even his his 2023 season. So um, yeah, so many exciting names to talk about there. Um, I'm really excited though. But oh, what else was I gonna say? Oh, I gotta say to whoever has been listening to our our podcast in Brussels, Belgium. Um, <laughs> welcome. I hope you're listening to this one, and I hope you're getting something out of this. I we hope know you're you out keep, there, guys. We know you're out there. Thank you for listening, maybe, and we hope that you're getting look. something about baseball and, and fantasy baseball here. And uh, keep keep listening. We're we're gonna keep pumping out good material for you to listen to. This is going to be one of the best amateur podcasts to turn into a semi-professional podcast to hopefully something bigger. Uh, we Jay and I have been doing this for going on 16 years now. We're middle-aged men. We're we're 40. So uh, this is this is a dream come true. Again, I've said this prior podcast. We are Parties, not, dream come We're doing true. this for free. Maybe it'll turn into something bigger. Hopefully, we get some people's attention. But we know you guys are out there. We thoroughly enjoy you listening to this podcast. Please continue to tune in. Uh, here in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about a much richer position. And uh, just just remember some of the advice that we gave you today about watching out for for certain certain opportunity cost with catchers. And we've kept it really clean today. But if people don't listen, we could always start cussing again. Oh that yeah, would be one way to we yeah. could try to get you, some. You know, Jay, that's listeners. a good point. We are make both a little bit nurses. of a spectacle. Yeah. And as nurses, you would agree. If you sp- we work twelve-hour shift. If you spend a 12-hour shift somewhere and you didn't hear the F-bomb at least once, you'd be concerned about your surroundings, would you not? That's right. Yeah. So Show a little emotion, you know? Yeah, exactly. Be a little bit more, you know, Bryce Harper, you know. Yeah. Well, show, so, some, uh, show some emotion. So should we tell our audience to fuck off? Then? No. Yeah. No? Okay. All right. No, it's All right. too late now. You, well, it's okay. We can cut this we want, out. We want them to come back, right? Right. Okay. Please come back. Please, please like us. Well, all right, guys. Uh, for the Fantasy of Baseball Advocates, this is Jay. And I'm Jason. We're signing off. We'll smell you later in a couple of weeks. Smell you later. Be well.